The Employment Hour is underway. Dave Vaughn from the firm is here, going to be answering all of your questions and calls tonight. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Always the number to get through. You have employment concerns. You have a severance package in front of you. You think you've been wrongfully dismissed. You're not sure all the correct information is there. Chances are you're being underpaid. Your entitlements are much more than what you have in front of you. Or if you just have any questions about that, you think maybe it's on the horizon that you're going to be... uh, Turfed, as they say, you'll want to give us a call tonight and get some uh, some real information and some answers. Anytime you want to check out severancepaycalculator.com, that is an amazing tool. Been around for about four or five years now. We'll tell you exactly what your severance should be as far as dollar amount is concerned. Uh, Dave, we always start with the week that was on the show. How was the week? Yeah, I have a couple uh, good ones from last week, John, that uh, cases I resolved. The first one uh, we settled last week, and it was a, uh, a nine-year employee, 57 years old, in an IT role. So a technical uh, computer role. Uh, His employer provided him with eight weeks of termination pay at the time of termination. uh, And that was all that was required under the Employment Standards Mm -hmm. Act. And uh, in doing so, the employer relied on a termination clause contained in the employment agreements. They said, look, this termination clause says we only have to give you what's in the Employment Standards Act. um, And and that's eight weeks, um, given that uh, termination pay max is out at eight weeks. Uh, thankfully for this employee, there were a number of reasons why the empl- why uh, he wasn't limited to just the eight weeks. The first was the employment was uh, agreement was signed three years into the employment relationship. <laughs> a little late. Yeah. So they st- the employee started, and then uh, three years in, uh, the employer gives him an employment agreement with the termination clause and says, "Sign this. No raise, no promotion, uh, no other benefit or signing bonus or anything like that." Right. So. Uh, right off the bat, the uh, employment agreement is unenforceable for a lack of consideration. Um, as you know, um, t- for a clause to be enforceable, for an employment to be uh, agreement to be enforceable, you need to get something in exchange for it. So it can be signed before the employment relationship starts. Yeah, not at lunchtime once you started work. No, it has before. to be before the employment relationship starts. Or if it's during the relationship, it needs to be in exchange for a raise or a promotion mm-hmm. or a bonus. The second reason that it uh, it didn't really impact the case was because the ter- termination provision itself uh, was not drafted in a way um, that took away this employee's common law entitlements. Everyone has common law termination entitlements, and the only way you take that away is by having a very clear, uh, well-drafted clause in an employment agreement. It didn't do that. And I would say 95% of the agreements I see do not effectively um, rebut the common law presumption, even when they t- intend to. I guess the way to look at it is your, as far as your common law entitlements, those are yours to lose. You have those automatically. You have to do something to get less. That's right. right? So you have to you know, expressly agree to a provision right. that limits you, and the courts are going to be very careful in terms of uh, finding that you've given that right up. Right. Because it is a, a, a big right to give up. Because in this case, um, if it was enforceable, this clause, the employee would have only gotten eight weeks termination pay, and that's mm-hmm. what they were given at the time of termination. Um, with nine years of service, 57 years old, IT role, you're looking yeah. at 12 months. Uh, and that's what we were able to settle the case for because it's going to be very difficult to uh, replace that job at 57 uh, in an IT role. And um, so thankfully for this employee, the employment agreement was not enforceable. The termination provision was not enforceable. So there were no terms limiting um, you know, limiting them to the, co- to the uh, ESA. So they did get common law. Smart move calling you guys. Eight weeks. 
versus 52 weeks. It's Eight weeks <laughs> versus 52 weeks. It's a huge right? difference. And in most cases, there will be a really big difference between your uh, ESA minimums or your contractual uh, minimums and your uh, your common law. Um, so, I mean, the lesson for employees is to always have the uh, severance package and the contract reviewed. Yeah. You may see in, in your clause, and your employer is going to tell you, look, we have this clause. It always says that in the severance letter. You know, we have this clause that you only get eight weeks. And so people say, oh, okay, I guess, that, you know, they must be right. Yeah, they have an HR. They must be right. Yeah, and um, so they're not going to tell you that it's unenforceable. For employers, you need to make sure you, you have a, a well-drafted clause uh, written by a lawyer, and it should be introduced before the employment relationship starts. Right. So have the employee, give the employee the contract and have them sign it before they start work. Or if you want to introduce it during it, it has to be with a, a bonus uh, a raise, a promotion, or something. They're going to throw you a bone, right? That's right. Signing throw you something. Bonus. Yeah, signing bonus, right? Yeah. It's say, I know you've often said this, and Lior's often said this on the show, that when it comes to that employment agreement, when you begin your employment, it's not just the holidays and how much money you're getting every month. That's, that's what everybody always looks at. When do I get my time off, and what is my salary? There is stuff that is so much more important on the back end that could affect you to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars, and that's one of them, right? It really can. And I, you know, I, I think it was uh, last week or the week before that I spoke with someone who would have been entitled to somewhere around six months um, severance pay under the uh, common law, and mm-hmm. they had a re- the employer had a really good termination clause, and they were limited to about two weeks. Wow. And uh, you know, this individual uh, did quite well, made uh, quite a bit of money. So the, the difference between two weeks and half of year, a half a year's pay right. was a lot. And uh, it's pretty pretty significant. So. We'll continue with uh, more of those stories and your phone calls as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Check out severancepaycalculator.com to find those numbers we were just talking about. The truth is out there. You just need to go online and have a look for yourself. The Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640. If you got a question about your severance, about losing your job, about can you lose your job, when should you be losing your job, how do you get it back, all those things. Dave is here to answer you uh, right up until uh, 8 o'clock uh, tonight from the firm. By the way, anytime you need to get a hold of Lior outside of show hours, it's one 821 5900 That'll put you uh, in touch. Continue the week that was. What else happened this week, pal? Yeah, in a, uh, another case where uh, my client worked and uh, lives in Oshawa and uh, had, had lived there, worked there for uh, five, six years and was told by his employer that uh, he was going to have to start uh, working out of their Burlington location. Uh, he told them he couldn't do this, obviously. It's a significant uh, difference in terms of the commute. Um, he wasn't going to be paid anything extra for yeah. this this time. So pretty uh, pretty brutal change to his uh, terms of employment. Um, he never told them he wasn't resigning or he was resigning. He just said, I can't do this. Right. In response, they, they wrote him a letter and said they accepted his resignation and, uh, wouldn't pay, and they didn't pay him any termination pay. Um, first of all, this isn't a resignation. No. Uh, you can't force an employee to resign. The, the employer should have waited for him to resign. Um, so it's a termination. Uh, second, even if they hadn't terminated his employment, this would be a constructive dismissal uh, to, change, to make such a big change to the terms and conditions of employment. So either way, uh, the, this guy was entitled to severance pay, but the employer didn't want to give it to him. We wrote a uh, what's called a demand letter. We okay. basically give the employer an opportunity to uh, explain to them the law and give them an opportunity to negotiate. Uh, I was contacted a couple a couple days later by their uh, external legal counsel, their external lawyer, and uh, we were able to thankfully resolve the case um, quite quickly uh, just through uh, negotiations. And he realized that uh, this is clearly a termination. 
Uh, there's no resignation at play here, and uh, my employee or uh, my client was entitled to uh, severance pay. You must see that more often than not. Just employers, they might they might not be out of malice. They just it's out of ignorance. They don't know, right? Especially smaller companies or smaller uh, workplaces. Yeah, and that was the case here. The, these guys weren't trying to do anything. Uh, you know, they weren't trying Shifty. to hurt them. Yeah, they yeah. weren't. And I, I mean, I think some of it was they wanted to make sure he could still get employment insurance by saying it was a termination. Because um, they said, we're, you know, we've accepted your resignation, so your employment's terminated. And they actually did say termination on the, uh, on the, on the ROE. So he would have got, uh, would have got the, um, you know, EI. Right, right, right. So, yeah, there's, it, I definitely don't uh, think they were trying to do anything wrong. And a lot of the, case, uh, a lot of the cases uh, we do deal with, especially with smaller companies, is it's not out of malice. It's not out of uh, any, anyone trying to harm someone. It's just uh, it's ignorance of the law. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Got open lines. You want to give us a call this evening. Talk about termination of employment. We'll stand to that topic. So is it is it more difficult to terminate for cause of an employee who's worked there for, say, a long time, maybe over 10 years, as opposed to someone who's worked for two? Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know I have discussed this on the show many times, as has Lior. Uh, it's very difficult to establish just cause for termination in any context. Uh, it's yeah. a very uh, high burden for the employer to prove because what you're trying to say to the uh, to the court is this person did something so bad that they, we don't have to give them any termination pay, even as you know minimum standards under the Employment Standards Act. So um, cause is very difficult to establish, and this is particularly true for a, a long service employee who has you know years to in your example ten years of uh, of employment. So how all of a sudden can is anyone going to believe yeah. these all of a sudden did something so bad that you can't employ them anymore? Now they start messing up, right? Yeah, and uh, to terminate a long service employee for cause, you would have to show something very very serious. Uh, you're, you're looking at you know fraud, theft, violence in the workplace, abandoning the employment. Uh, relationships, so just not showing up to work, or a lot, um, you know, a lot of different, quite serious incidents that the person's warned about and told you need to improve. You can't do this again. Uh, if you don't, we're going to terminate your employment, and, and you'd need quite a few warnings. Uh, if it's a ten-year employee, even beyond the warnings, would they have to first in- institute some sort of, uh, you know, improvement plan, like performance improvement plan? Yeah, you should, and uh, you must, and uh, it would have to identify the wrongdoing, identify the standards that you want this employee to uh, to meet, and uh, provide assistance or, or help in terms of achieving those standards and uh, and working through those. So you you'd call it coaching. Say we take someone who's only worked for a few months. Uh, do they mean they get just a week or two severance because they've only been there a short time? No, and that's a, a very uh, common misconception. People think it's month per year of service uh, or, you know. A week per year, two yeah. weeks or whatever. And uh, there's no uh, specific formula. You look at age, years of service, position, and the availability of similar work. So the longer you've been there, the older you are, and the more senior or specialized your job, and the more difficult it's going to be for, uh, for you to find a new job, the more you get. Um, you're, we consistently see people with only uh, a year or two um, worth of employment getting six months of severance. Yeah, really. Uh, often said that it's it's it, the the difference between a short term and long term. They can be proportional to a, a short service employee, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. We'll take a call here. First one of the evening. Got Chris online. Hey, Chris, how are you? Not too bad. Yourself? Good. What is happening with you? Well, um, I'm actually calling about my sister. Uh, she worked for a um, uh, a company. I won't say who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she um, has well over 20 years' experience in doing the job that she's been doing, uh, trained many people on the job, trained her, uh, who ended up being her replacement, and also trained the person who became her supervisor. And um, the company ended up just making her life miserable. Um, berated her in a meeting. As she got up out of the meeting and said, I'm out of here, went outside to cool down, came back in in the afternoon, and they said, no, you quit. 
Wow, okay. When did this happen, Chris? I think it was just before Christmas. Okay. So, uh, you know, it sounds like she did quit um, on the spot, but um, an employee is giving a cooling off period. Yeah. So if you if you resign uh, on the spot or as part of an argument, you generally have some time to take that resignation back. Um, now, I assume she didn't do that? Uh, she... They never gave her the opportunity to do that. Okay. So did she, she... came back in she came back in to to, read, to to continue on with her day's work and they said no you don't work here anymore. How oh, okay. Soon, okay, how soon did she go back the next day? No, that afternoon. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's no. not going to be a resignation. No. I mean, that's a termination. So uh, yeah. and your sister was there for 20 years? Well, she has 20 years experience. I think she was there for either 5 or 6 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, and how old is she? Uh, she's uh, 53, 54. And uh, what type of job was it, Chris? A service advisor for a car dealership. Okay, so she would probably get at least six months worth of pay. And from what you've told me, this is there's no way this is a resignation. This is a termination. Yeah, that's what I would say, too. So uh, she should act quickly, though, because uh, it's important to deal with these issues uh, as soon as possible. Um, So I would strongly encourage uh, you or your sister to uh, give us a call tomorrow, and uh, we'd be happy to speak with her tomorrow about this because uh, it's important to act quickly and uh, get the uh, severance she's owed. Yeah, the wrinkle to the story is that her husband works at the same place and is still employed there. Yeah, that's that's okay, though. She's still owed what she's owed, right? So, Chris, I need you to call this number uh, tomorrow. 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. More of your calls coming right up here. The employment hour right till 8 o'clock tonight and back on Wednesday night, by the way, as well with Lior. Monday evening, yeah, we got lots of open lines. I'd like to talk to you, call that number, and we'll uh, get on to you right until 8 o'clock tonight. you got employment, severance questions, workplace questions. Bring them on. Ready to talk to you. John, uh, good evening. How are you? Hey, John. Hey, pal. Not there. No. Okay, we'll see if we figure that one out. We'll get back to John and Men. Clear things up there, brother. Maybe the snow's got him down. Uh, we're talking about terminations of employment uh, before the phone call. So, does the employer have to pay severance uh, lump sum? So, severance pay under the common law can be paid as working notice of termination, which we've spoken about before. So, you can actually say, um, you know, in eight months, your employment will terminate. Right. Uh, it can be paid in you know, installments, so the person isn't working. Continuation but, of pay? Yeah, salary yeah. continuation, but yeah. not working. Uh, or it can be paid in a lump sum, and that, that's probably the most common uh, form of common law severance pay we see. And it can be paid in a combination. Okay. So you could say, you know, I'll give you a month of uh, severance pay, or sorry, working notice determination, yeah. and then I'll give you a lump sum payment after that. Right. So if it's eight months, you get four months service and or four months uh, notice and four months pay. Yeah, As long right. as it equals what you're... Yeah, entitlement should be, right? Yeah, it doesn't change the entitlement, right. whether it's um, yeah. working notice, a lump sum, or installments. Um, the, the benefit of working notice for uh, some smaller employers is that you can actually, you're not giving the money away, you're actually getting the the employee to work for it, right? Um, What's the offside, though? I mean, or the downside would be you might have a bit of a bitter employee on your hands, Yeah, right? it can, you can have a bitter employee. It can be awkward within the workplace. Yeah. Uh, I often see um, work, you know, working notice in bigger companies where yeah. the employee isn't working um, you know, alongside the person who made the decision, the owner right. or the manager right. or even HR. Uh, it's big companies that do that more often. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We'll see if we get John on again. Hi, John. Hi. Hey, pal. What's going on with you? Uh, I'm just wondering, what if uh, a company can't afford uh, a severance? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're a low uh, profit margin company. 
and you know you've been there for a long time like let's say you know 10 years from the beginning and they just they can't afford to to pay it out so severance pay uh, at common law is owed regardless of the size of the business the profits of the yep. business the revenue of the business every employer in ontario owes uh, their employees severance pay under the common law uh, so unfortunately for businesses uh, it doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or you don't have much money at all uh, you owe that employee severance pay. So that's why it's important if you're a, an employer to have contracts, have employment agreements, so you know exactly how much severance you have to give an employee if you need to do that and if you need to make that decision. Um, from an employee's perspective, the only time that what I'm saying isn't really helpful is if the company actually goes bankrupt. Because then even if uh, you are owed this severance pay um, and you have that entitlement, there's not going to be money, any money there. Creditors will get it first, right? They will, yeah. yeah. Jo- John, is this in uh, in relation to a specific question or a specific for you? Uh, situation for you? Uh, it's uh, a colleague of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. His uh, his family owns a business. And yeah. It, it just came up. And it's saying you can't get blood from a stone, essentially. Um, you know, business might be able to run, but if they can't afford it, then, you know, employees out of luck. And I disagreed. No, legally, he's not out of luck at all. Yeah. So if, so your friend, his family owns the business. Yes. So what they should do and have they let the person go or is the person still working there? Uh, no, they haven't let them go yet. So the way to do that would be to give working notice of termination. So the, the employee is still working at least during that time. So if this employee is entitled to six months of severance pay or 12 months of severance pay, um, this business could actually say, you know, in 12 months, your employment will terminate. And they wouldn't have to give any, any money beyond the, the wages that that employee works for that year period. Oh, okay. Do you, so, know what, uh, do you know the age and the occupation of this person uh, to which you speak? No. Oh, you no. don't. Okay. So as long as it's as long as it's in line with their common law entitlements, that has to be the working notice. So if their common law or their entitlements are a year, you can't say, oh, you know, we'll keep you on for six months and let you go. No, 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 no. Yeah. If, if they just want to get them out off the, you know, off the property, then they have to do installments. Then they'd have to do installments or a lump sum payment. Uh, installments if the employee agrees, and uh, in lump sum more likely. But um, it sounds like it's a, a tricky situation because it sounds like they want to get rid of them, but they may not have the money to uh, to deal with it. So um, I, I would recommend that your friend's uh, family member uh, gives us a call because we can help them. Uh, there's a, a number of different approaches we can uh, utilize, and uh, we can go over that with them, the pros and cons, and uh, and how to implement them. John, that number, 1-855-821-5900. Write it down. Trust me. Use it, 1-855-821-5900. More of your calls coming right up here. Right to your phone calls. Got some open lines. Want to drop us a call. <clears throat> Pardon me. We'd love to talk to you. Anthony, good evening. Yeah, hey, how well, are you? Good, pal. What's going on with you? I So I have a friend, a really good friend of mine. Uh, he's been working at uh, Hudson's Bay for 30 years. And uh, he had a recent hip injury. And it was a blackout day. It was, Chris, it was during Christmas. And he took time off. And it's like, and it's not allowed, right? But he had a doctor's note and stuff. And uh, in the company, and Hudson's Bay terminated him. And uh, he was, he's going through his union. He has a lawyer, but nothing's really going anywhere. Does Hudson's Bay, he's entitled to $30,000 severance pay. Is he entitled to that? Do they have to pay him? Like, um, So he's in a union? Uh, yeah, he's in a union. But yes. they haven't really done much. It's been like a year and like... Yeah, unfortunately, you know, he has really to go through the union. Out. There's nothing um, you know, an employment oh. lawyer can do for him. He, he must go through the union. Oh, so, he must... Yeah, they're the ones that have to deal with the company in terms of dealing with uh, whether he gets severance pay, whether you know he's going to be terminated or he gets his job back, or if there's human rights damages. All that stuff must be dealt with through the union. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was I was just concerned for him. He's 
really stressed them out. So yeah, it's I a tough, tough situation to be uh, be in. But uh, unfortunately, um, employment lawyers can't help. No, you get, you're bound by the uh, CBA, the collective bargaining agreement. When it you comes are, to you being have union. to go through that, yep. and you have to uh, utilize the services of the uh, union. Exactly, Walter. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you, Walter? I'm good, sir. Hello. Good night. Um, my question is: Is my brother was in an accident while he was not working on the job, and he was almost killed. Wow. Now he's had some time off, and now the company has brought him in, and they had a sit down, and they've offered him 17 weeks severance, and they said that they are not going to be hiring him back. Is there anything that he can do in regards to that? Well, first of all, uh, even though it wasn't uh, he wasn't hurt at work, uh, you still can't discriminate or terminate someone because of their injury, uh, whether okay. or not it happens at work. So, so right there, that could be dismissal. a uh, Pardon? Constructive dismissal. No, I mean that they've terminated his employment, so that right away they've um, it appears violated. they've violated his rights under the Ontario Human Rights uh, Code. Code. So yeah, yeah. or the the other uh, human rights legislation he may be subject to. But um, how long was he? Uh, how long did he work there? Uh, four to five years. And how old is he? Uh, I believe he's fifty-two now. And they're offering four. him four months' pay, basically. Seventeen weeks. Yeah. yeah. And what was his job? Uh, he works for a construction company. Okay. So he would get at least six months pay, and okay. he could also get uh, damages for the uh, violations of his human rights, uh, human right, uh, of the human rights code. Yeah, it looks oh. like they've terminated his employment uh, because of his, uh, his need for time off of work and because of his medical disability. Yes, because he has been disabled permanently. He, uh, his right leg is actually two inches shorter now than his left. Okay. Uh, because of the extent of the damage and the injuries that he sustained in the fall. How long was he off of work? Uh, I think two to three years. Okay. So, at, and did he say he could return to work? He um, he said that he wanted to return to work. He kept telling them that. Okay. Um, but um, the long-term disability uh, and insurance program that he had with his benefits mm-hmm. at the job site um, it was covering him while they were there. So now they've cut him off, and they said that they're not they're not going to uh, take him back on on full time employment. And they've offered him 17 weeks. Okay, severance. he should definitely um, negotiate that severance pay because that is not enough. There's there's no way that's enough. Um, tell him to uh, give us a call tomorrow, and uh, okay. we can help him uh, deal with the company and get him a fair severance package. Okay, perfect. Okay, that's great. Walter, appreciate the call. Again, that number, 1-855-821-5900. Obviously, more details got to be uh, fleshed out uh, with that one. We'll get to uh, one more here before we break. Peter, good evening. Hi. Hey, Peter, what's going on with you? Uh, yeah, I have a question about the terminating a long-term employee. Hmm? I'm, a, I'm a manager at the company. I'm not the owner. And I have a, an employee who sometimes when I ask him to do something, he refuses. Okay. So, like, do I still have to give him warnings or, like, or... Yeah, absolutely. So if he's being subordinate, if he's not listening to your direction, if he's, uh, you know, misbehaving, if he's committing misconduct, you need to document this. So you need to give him warnings. Build up a case. Build up a case, exactly. So give him written warnings. Um, You you can talk to him first, then you can uh, put it in writing and confirm what was said and give him warnings that he needs to improve, that he needs to listen to you, he can't talk back to you. 
um, and give them a certain amount of time uh, to improve. And if it happens again, uh, give them a number of different warnings, and it, it, you have to identify uh, to him that that's escalating, the seriousness of it, and that each time he does this, he's getting closer to termination, uh, to justifying a termination for cause. So, But if you don't have any written warnings, there's no way you're going to be able to establish cause. Uh, how many warnings would I have to give him? Because he's done this many times over the years. How long has he been there? Uh, well, the company's changed ownership. Yeah. So he's actually been under the new ownership only three months, but he's been at the company much longer. How long has he been with the company? Uh, 20 years. Yeah, so it, you're gonna you have a tough uh, uphill battle there, Peter. So no, I would... but every time every time we changed ownership, we were all uh, given money and and re- renegotiated. So started from zero each time. So he's actually just been there three months. Okay, but have you managed him for quite a, quite a while? The entire time. Yeah, so he's still he's still in the eyes of a law twenty year employee. Yeah, he right. may not get severance based on that, but mm-hmm. in terms of the disciplinary record, they'll probably right. look at his full disciplinary record. And if he has nothing on file in terms of written warnings, you're going to want to start getting that on file now. So next time he does this, Peter, um, talk to whoever you need to talk to, whether it's the owner or you know other members of management. If you have human resources, and document that, give him a written warning, and then the, the, if he does it again. You, Another written warning mm-hmm. and more in coaching and uh, and tell him exactly what he's doing wrong and exactly what he has to do to improve. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, the, the flip side of that is they sack him right away, but they have to pay him his full entitlements, right? Yeah, a twenty-year fi- employee. Yeah, that's. Right? I mean, I don't know what happened at each time the company was uh, changed ownership or right. or what they could have paid out severance pay, um, but still, it's risky. And if there's twenty years of service yeah. with no, unblemished record. Uh, at least written written record. Yeah, uh, you're not going to be able to establish cause for termination if he hasn't been paid anything in the past. You know, you're looking at uh, possibly you know 20 months severance pay. Yeah, to do more. Still got some time to ring through and get your uh, questions solved here on the employment hour. We do it again Wednesday night at seven o'clock as well. Frank, thanks for uh, hanging in through the break, there, fella. How are you? Yeah, not bad. You guys? Good, man. What's your uh, what's your concern? So uh, we own a, we own a couple of. Um restaurants and we are uh, selling them and we've got a buyer that's uh, coming on board to purchase them uh, we know that we have to terminate everybody that that's employed with us but he's at the, the new buyer is asking us to kind of rate the staff on who we should keep and who we shouldn't keep right. yeah um, if we start getting into that and and we and we you know we tell them you know keep these ones but terminate these ones are we um, gonna have to pay severance out for the other ones yes you would so, so I would tell just, him to keep everyone. Yeah. Just exactly. tell him to rehire everybody. You got yeah. it. Yeah. And then, and then that way we're kind of walking away with no issues. Yeah. So this is, uh, I assume it's an asset sale? Yeah. Yeah. So you, uh, this is a, it, inter- it terminates the employment relationship. So you technically owe everyone severance pay. Um, but if they get an offer of comparable employment from the purchaser, uh, you don't have to pay them it. So basically, the purchaser can take that on, but um, that should be something that you're. Uh, do you have a, you know, a corporate lawyer dealing with the transaction? Yeah, yeah, we do. And they've already recommended to us that, um, you know, for the new the new person to hire everybody back on and let them make the decision. Yes. Yeah, and that's a huge part of any transaction like this because um, I don't know how many employees you have, but that could be, you know tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of severance, right, that you're on the hook for. So that needs to be taken. If they're not willing to hire people on, that needs to be taken into consideration in terms of the, the purchase price. Okay, because anybody he doesn't take on, then I'd have to pay out the severance. That's correct, yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, if you need any help with this, um, we'd be happy to do that. Uh, I'm not sure if you're, uh, you know, 
your lawyer does the employment law stuff too, but uh, we we advise on these types of transactions all the time. So yeah, I, I, I'll follow up with you guys uh, through the on online. Yeah, give us a uh, give us a call tomorrow or uh, send us an email. We'd be happy to talk to talk to you further. Frank, that number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. So we'll say everybody jump ship goes to the new employer of these of this restaurant now. He assumes all their previous service, yeah? So if he's got a guy in his kitchen that's been there 20 years. He can actually put in the contracts right. that I do not recognize the previous, previous service. service. Yes. Which is wise. Yes. he should. Uh, the purchaser should do that. Uh, because if it's, a, it's an asset purchase like this, that terminates the employment relationship. So this, the seller does owe severance pay. Uh, but if the purchaser is going to offer comparable employment, mm-hmm. well, that's a failure. If they don't accept that, that's a failure to mitigate. So it's a failure to mitigate their damages because when an employee is terminated, they have an obligation to look for other work. Right. So, and if they if they turn down the exact same job, the same role, the same location, right. uh, just with a new owner, uh, that's a complete failure to mitigate, and they're not going to be entitled to their common law severance pay. So uh, that's why it's important for if you're going to sell an asset like uh, a restaurant to have make sure the purchaser does take on that service and no th- does take on that uh, employment. We'll uh, cover one more point before we take a break here. We're talking about terminations of employment. So if there is cause. You know, does the employer still in any case have to pay severance? Under the common law, no. If, if you can establish just cause for termination, there's no severance owed. However, the employer may still have to provide the employee with termination pay and severance pay under the Employment Standards Act. Uh, uh, this is because to withhold an employee's ESA entitlement, so it's termination pay and severance pay, the employer not, needs to establish willful misconduct or willful neglected duty. And uh, it's, a, it's a difficult standard to uh, differentiate, but it is a higher standard. So just because it's caused doesn't necessarily mean it's willful misconduct or willful neglect of duty. Um, let's say an employee's performance is just is terrible. Um, you know, several months of just terrible performance. That could be caused if there's, a, you know, adequate, uh, you know, notice given, if there's warnings, if there's coaching and improvement. But that is rarely, if ever, going to be willful misconduct because the person's just not good at their job. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not willful misconduct. They're just not good. And it speaks to building up a case. Right. You have to. Yeah. Right? But either way, I, I can never uh, you know, overemphasize this. To establish just cause is extremely difficult for an employer. And uh, it's even more difficult, uh, if you can believe it, to establish willful misconduct and, and deny an employee their ESA entitlements. Lots more coming up. The Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640. Dave Vaughn covering Monday nights here on the show till 8 o'clock. And we'll do it again Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Leora will be here at that time. Covering this show, we're talking about terminations of employment. So what do you do if the uh, employer says it has terminated your employment for cause, other than panic? Yeah, the first thing to do is stay calm. Yeah. Don't say anything you'd regret. Don't do anything you'd regret. Uh, I would start by asking the employer why uh, they believe they have cause to terminate your employment. uh, If it's not, you know, if they don't tell you that or if it's not, um, you know, spelled out in a letter. Uh, Because you do have a right to know the allegations made against you and you have a right to respond to them. Mm Uh, second, I would, uh, strongly encourage or discourage you from signing anything. So the employer may try to scare you into signing some type of release or settlement document, acknowledging that you, um, you know, that you've been terminated for cause. Don't do that. Um, take the termination letter, um, and, you know, give us a call and we can discuss with you, uh, whether they actually have cause to terminate your employment, which as we said, is very difficult. So it's probably unlikely. And uh, we can assist you, uh, nego- you know, get a fair severance package. And don't you know worry about this Friday at five thing because that's that's not true. You yeah, got two years, right? Not that anybody would common, take two years, uh, but a very common concern. Uh, employers always try to put, uh, you know, usually a quick deadline, uh, a week yeah. 
or five day uh, deadline. So they give you, they terminate you on Tuesday, and they say you have to sign up by uh, f- you know five o'clock on Friday, or you're not going to get anything. Not true. Uh, those are cases when that you've been offered something, right? So uh, you've been offered a severance package, and they say they're going to take it away if you don't sign it by five o'clock on Friday. It's not true. Uh, your entitlements don't go away. They don't. Uh, disappear just because you don't meet this arbitrary deadline. So take the time um, that you need to consider your options, to seek legal advice, and uh, and, and respond because uh, it's a big decision. If you sign that document... You're done, yeah. pretty much. Hard to reverse it. Plus, it's high probability that what they've offered you is incorrect anyway. It's not enough, so don't sign it no matter what you do. So what do you do if you, you haven't yet been terminated for cause, but there's threatens looming? They're, they're threatening to terminate you for cause. What do you do? So if the employer's giving you, you know, a number of warnings like we've talked about, yeah. um, there is a good chance that uh, they are trying to build a case for cause. So in that situation, it's important to uh, respond to the allegations and, um, you know, identify why you disagree with them. and Acknowledge uh, them, but don't agree, acknowledge right? Acknowledge them, but, yeah. you know, don't, you don't have to agree to them, I mean, unless they're true. Yeah. But uh, I would point out why they're wrong, your side of the story. And take that opportunity to identify um, issues you have in terms of management or, or, you know, just uh, problems you're having in meeting their expectations. Um, If an employer actually tries to threaten to terminate your employment, so we see this sometimes, they say, you know, we're going to terminate you for cause unless you sign this document accepting two weeks pay when the person's been there for, you know, 20 years. Nice. So if that's the case, um, you know, definitely don't sign that uh, if they're, you know, Threatening cause. Uh, if they really had cause, they would have done it. Yeah, they would have got rid of you already. They would have, yeah. Have so they're not going to just threaten it and then pay you money. So if they're doing that, uh, it's a pretty good uh, hint that they owe you quite a bit more money. We're going to uh, convene and be back here. Like I said, it's going to be Wednesday at 7 o'clock. In the meantime, you need contact numbers. Very simple. It's one 821 5,900, if you haven't checked it out already, severancepaycalculator.com. You heard Dave make some quick calculations on the air. That's what he was doing. And you can go and see what you would be owed yourself. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com through email. We'll catch you back here Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Employment Hour, Talk Radio, AM 640.